Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and the forecast for tomorrow is cloudy with a chance of snow. Cardiff City, of course, head to Derby, a game that was postponed two years ago with a little bit of snow, questionable at most. We're looking forward to that game, we're chatting about the international break and we're chatting about the possibility of Sol Bamba being Cardiff's successor to Neil Warnock. I'm joined by Ben Price, as always, and View from the Ninians. Mark Carter joins us this week. It's a good one. Enjoy. Well, as always, I have got the wonderful Ben Price with me. How are you, Ben? Not bad, dude. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. And we're joined this week, returning View from the Ninians' very own Mark Carter. Hi, Mark. Hi, Scott. How's it going? Yes, all good, thank you. Mate. Obviously, boys, we're we're back. You know, it's Car City back in action tomorrow away at Derby, and you know, it feels like ages ago since that one-one draw against Fulham. We've had the international break, and just to touch upon that quickly. Ben, I know on last week's podcast we spoke a bit more in depth about uh, gigs and Wales, and my strong opinions on on that. And do you think that after those two games, that opinion should change? Has he done enough to warrant a bit more time? Do you think? Not really, no. I think Azerbaijan, okay, they had a decent result following on the Monday, but that performance was appalling. It really, really worried me. I came out of there on Friday really concerned about our future. There was, we've got the most talented side we've probably had, well, definitely in my lifetime. And it's more talented than the Euro squad, and that's oh, yeah, no def- disrespect to the Euro squad. But there's, even if it wasn't, there was no... I can't see what style Giggs is going for. I really can't. I can't see if there's any passages of play. I can't see what shape he's going for. I don't think the players know their roles. I really was worried and disappointed on Friday. It really, really bugged me. Yeah, and Mark, on, on last week's podcast, I said to Ben about Will Volks, and obviously he was the only Cardiff player involved in that Wales squad, and... I said maybe I I felt it might have been better for him to miss this international break and spend a bit more time on the training pitch with Neil Warnock and the staff to get used to the the playing style and, you know, didn't play against Azerbaijan, came on against uh, Belarus for for some minutes. But do you think he would have been better suited spending that time down the veil with the the City squad working or or do you think it's still good to have someone in that Wales team? Um, It's a bit difficult to say, really. He's not not really sort of... um hit the ground running with, with Cardiff at the moment. So maybe probably would have had a bit better been had a bit more time with the Cardiff City squad and um and kind of fitting fitting into that really because I don't think we've seen anywhere close to his best yet at Cardiff. And um we've barely um, seen him let alone his best. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I, I think he needs more time with Cardiff. But um I mean you can't stop him playing for Wales because uh I mean, everybody wants to play for Wales, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think at the moment his, his, his club career needs uh, a bit of work. He needs to fit in with Cardiff because uh, we want to see him out on that pitch playing week in, week out. Yeah, absolutely. And Ben, there's uh, six City players involved in internationals. Uh, five, sorry. Bakuna played as a number 10 in Caracas, 1-0 win over Haiti in uh, CONCAF. Nations League Group D, which I'm sure you watched. Oh yeah, couldn't wait. It's must watch you in that, definitely. 
And the other uh, two, uh, Junior Hoylet was obviously one, but then two that played for, for Northern Ireland were, were Gavin White, who you know started to show a bit more promise against Fulham, and, and Kieran Brown, who made his first uh, cap for Northern Ireland without even playing, I don't think, for any of their youth teams. So a real remarkable rise for him in, in recent weeks, you know, impressed in pre-season, given a chance in the first team and around the first team, and now an international. Yeah, I think it's great for him. Um, really good to see his career, career progressing and sort of it sort of breathed a bit of fresh life into that youth team that we were talking about a while back of saying no one's coming through. I think he's now made um, his debut for City, albeit in the Cup, and uh, come on and made his international debut. I think that's really promising for City. Uh, same with Gavin White getting minutes. Apparently was absolutely brilliant in the first game. Uh, I think he had a knock for the second game, so it didn't play too long. I think he got like 10, 15 minutes. But um, both of those youngsters getting good experience at international level can only benefit City, especially when they're not, especially in Kieran's Brown case anyway, not playing uh, regularly, a bit more experience and playing first-team football at a very competitive level as well can only be good for him. Yeah, Mark, the other one we mentioned, Junior Hoylet and wore the captain's armbands for, for Canada against Cuba uh, in a 6-0 win, scored half the goals, a hat-trick, a you know, remarkable Remarkable achievement on any stage, let on the international stage uh, for Junior. Yeah, it's good good to see him uh, scoring goals again. Um, I, I really liked him in that number ten role for us this season. I've, I've spoken to people on um, Twitter about it before um, a couple of years ago. I, I, I really thought he had the, the qualities to be in that number ten role, and um, it's good to see him uh, getting a hat trick for uh, for Canada. Um, quite a few goals, well, a couple of goals outside the area, I think. Um, he's, he's in good form and um, it's a shame he's not going to be involved on, um, in the game tomorrow. He's not involved, is he? No, he's had uh, family issues. Yeah. Oh, I've missed that. Well, that, there goes my next question. I was going to ask Ben if he uh, should be involved tomorrow, but we've got that got that answer. And Obviously, the attention does turn for, for Cardiff City to that game against uh, Derby tomorrow. We're presuming it's going to be on. There might be, might be some snow issues, Ben. There's snow forecast in Iceland, so I think it's doubtful at the moment. <laughs> and, you know, Carla City, before the international break, on the whole, a decent 1-1 draw against Fulham, Mark. Obviously, that, that League Cup, devastating, you know, awful loss to, to Luton, the 3-0. But other than that, since the 3-0 loss to Red, and we started to put a bit of good form together, haven't we? A 2-1 win against Huddersfield, and then two draws against Blackburn and, and Fulham, and... The international break in some ways came at a bad time. Yeah, we were we were um, getting a lot better. I think um, certainly the midfields was looking a lot stronger. Um, I thought Bakuna, like he, he looked awful against um, against Reading, but I, I think the last couple of games he's he's really sort of come forward and um, raised his game. Um, in terms of um, everybody else, Joe, I thought Joe Rawls is, is really coming on strong now. And the defence seems to have um, shored up a bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Max hit the, the nail on the head there, hasn't it? That consistency starting to come in, which we've expected so much from Neil Warnock's side, and, and we'd very much expect that to continue here against Derby. Yeah, I think so. They're a side in what can I describe as terrible form. They haven't won since the opening day. Uh, some really disappointing losses and some players really out of form for their club. Um, it's, some, it's definitely a fixture we should be looking to get our first away win. Um, on paper, probably got a better squad than us, 
But right now, with the new manager, it's just not clicking for them. And uh, we really need to be going there and putting all the pressure on the Derby, on um, Koku, isn't it? On Koku, really putting pressure on him and sort of... I think if we start strong early, the crowd at Pride Park are going to get on the players' backs very quickly. And uh, I think that's something we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at, at Derby and they're they, a solid championship club now, you know, after, you know, early early stage life, at least being a you know a Premier League club and in around there and you know they flirted a lot with with promotion fallen at the hurdle a lot Mark and you kind of look at them and, and that's what we don't want to become I suppose in the you know having fallen out from the Premier League although we only had one season there we want to be a cheap you know qualify from the playoffs every year now don't we at least yeah I mean um, I mean Derby's still a strong side and I think it's, it's both good and bad that we're, we're kind of facing them at uh, a sort of inconsistent time, really, because we could hit them at, where they're trying to come back from poor form, or we we could take advantage of it. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a, an interesting game because they're a really strong squad, um, but um, we want to be beating teams like this if we want to stay in, in touch with everybody at the top. Yeah, so, and, and Mark mentioned there, Ben, that, that they've got a really strong squad and, you know, Tom Lawrence that we know really well, Bielik from, that they've got from Arsenal, Michael and Jack Harrier, uh, Marriott, sorry. So some really talented players. And who do you see as the danger man? There's a few. There's plenty of players that can score goals. I think Tom Lawrence, obviously, from what we've seen, is the man to watch. If he's on form, can create, can score goals. Um but yeah, there's, there's, it's quite a strong squad. I'm just looking on their website now, of looking who they've got. It's sort of, you forget who, just the depth they've got. There's some really good players. I know we're lucky that uh, Bogle is out for the game as well. So um, that's a bit of a positive because he seems to be one of the few bright sparks they've had this season. Um, but I think Derby's lack of form can only be put down to one thing, and that is the Scott Malone effect. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same. But like I said, they've got got bad form coming into this. They're off the back of uh, a three 0 loss to to Brentford, and then also a three 0 loss against Nottingham Forest in in the cup. Which you know, two very good good teams. But you know, it it shows a bad run of form for them. And what do you attribute that to, other than Scott Malone? Do you think it's the kind of new manager adjusting to the Championship, which is a really tough league to come into? And I'm sure. Philip Cocker hasn't really experienced too many leagues like this. Do you think that's the case, Mark? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, the, the games that they played before those three 0 losses were were games against teams that are, are, are touted to be at the top, near the top anyway. And they've it's been close games. It's been two ones or one ones. So it's, it's, I think they probably look in worse form than they are. But those two three three nil losses are kind of recently uh, probably knocked the stuffing out of them so like I said if we can catch them on on this poor form then it'd be uh, it'd be good but like the early signs were, weren't too bad because they they played West Brom I think and um can't remember who the other side was but um they played Bristol they City close. and Stoke as well yeah, yeah. so they, they they were good sides and they, it was close games between them so these two three nil losses have kind of like I said, it come a bit against what they were doing, really. I, I follow quite a few Derby fans on Twitter, and they've sort of, from what they were saying, these defeats were coming. Um, 
a good win against West Brom, but since then it's really nosedived. It seems like a couple of the players have still got that hangover from the playoff final defeat. Uh, the new manager's sort of style and the way he's trying to play isn't registering with the players. Um, I think there, there are some Derby fans that are really concerned about what's going on there, and I really do think we need to ha- get on them to get three points here. I think one of the other factors as well for Derby, of course, is that they've had to replace or try to replace a hell of a lot of goals from last season. You're losing Mason Mount and, and Harry Wilson, who you know scored a, a large chunk of their goals without massively you know replacing them you know they've not brought in too many uh, attacking you know players uh, they're kind of relying on on Jack Marriott and and Tom Lawrence as well so you know that's a lot of a lot of goals to replace isn't it mark yeah and i, I mean obviously with harry wilson they've lost a good set piece delivery as well so um players like um, keo and, and and players like that will will be getting on the end of uh, headers as much. So they've lost that as well with Wilson going. So like I said, like um, Ben said, you know, if we can get on them early and put more pressure on them, then, um, then maybe they, they will crumble. And Ben, you'd expect uh, Cardiff fans to be in good voice and, and, and good banter on tomorrow night after, obviously, the, the pro season, the, the snowed-off game, which uh, was, was questionable to say the least. And obviously, there's, there's a bit of history between some of the players as well. Sean Morrison and uh, was it Richard Keogh's very Richard Keogh small... and his uh, tiny appendage. Yes. So you know, they expect you know, Cardiff fans in good voice and plenty of banter about snow and tiny knobs. Well, yeah, you combine the two and you get a very small knob. <laughs> um, it's a good trip for Cardiff fans. Sort of, I'm in a way gutted I'm not going. But the last two times I've been to Derby, it's pissed it down and we've lost. So um, in that sense, I'm not going. But yeah, it'll be a nice trip. It's Friday night under the lights. It's for our games. It's not too far away. Um, I think there's only about three, four hundred tickets left, and I've, so I think it'll be a good, strong crowd going on a Friday night. And you know, with City, they're never going to let stuff go. The City fans will really go at the Derby faithful full force with their chance and. Richard Keogh is in for a long night, I think. <laughs> and you mentioned there the last couple of times you've been, it's rained and we've lost. And, you know, kind of looking at the, the recent record against Derby, Mark, in the last 10 games, we've only won two against Derby. And do you read much into that type of thing? Or, or do you think, you know, looking on, on paper and the season and, and the teams, you know, this should be a game we should be winning? Um, I think probably the fans probably look more at things like that than... The players, the players probably try and um, just put put the next game in, ahead of them in, in their minds, and um, they probably don't look too much at the history of, of the game. But um, I think, uh, well, I, I, I think if we can get on them early, um, then I think we can put pressure on them. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult game. It's, it's a it's a strong squad. And, and Ben, looking at you know the last game against Fulham, the lineup: Smithies, Peltier, Morrison, Flint, Bennett, Bakuna, Rawls, White, Tomlin, Murphy, and Glatzel. Do you expect it to largely say the same for this one? Um, I think going off what uh, Neil Warnock said in his press conference day, I think there's going to be a few changes. Uh, it doesn't sound like Bakuna is going to be available from the start. Obviously, he's had a bit of a rough um, international break as well with his teammate dying in the hotel. And him, he, he's flight. I think he flies into the West Midlands this evening, coming back. 
So um, if he starts, I'd be very surprised. Um, Hoyler obviously not available, so there's an option off the bench gone. Um, I just look at the team I've written down here. I've gone for the same back four, uh, Smithies and goal, obviously. Then a midfield of uh, Volks, Patterson and Rawls, with Murphy, Glatzel and Mendes on the wings. I think White still, I don't know, know if they'll risk uh, White after he took a bit of a knock uh, on international duty. And um, I think they're going to look for a bit of pace out wide, and that would be what I'd go with anyway. Mark, would you you agree with that lineup, or would you like to see maybe Tomlin come in? Um, I do like Tomlin. I like him a lot. Um, it's difficult because he's 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 played the uh, he's, he's played a lot recently, and 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 he hasn't really he hasn't really got anything out of it, but um, apart from sort of being back in the side and, and getting used to things. Um, so it might it might be good to give him a bit of a break. Um, uh, it's difficult. I I I know he's not going to change the system, but I'd quite like to see Bogle and Glatzel up top, um, maybe with somebody somebody just behind, giving us an, an extra option. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Glatzel uh, performed it in a front two. It certainly looks like he's missed that, you know, maybe partner or, or, or lacked a little bit of service. So I'm not really sure what he played in, in Germany, whether it was a, a lone front man or as a two. But, you know, I, I agree. I'd like to see either either Bogle up with him or, or maybe someone like Patterson, who's got that physicality playing closer than maybe Tomlin does. Um, yeah. Well, so boys, before we go on to uh, the legend, that is Mr. Sol Bamba. I want to get your score predictions for tomorrow's game, Ben? We'll start with you. What do you think? Away to Derby. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to be optimistic and say a two-nil win. Like that, Mark. What about you? I I'd like to be optimistic, but I think it's going to be a one-one draw. I go in the middle. I'm going to say a one-nil Cardiff win. Uh, so, so I think all three of us fairly confident. No no losses there. And we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and chat about Sol Bamba and perhaps Cardiff's future manager. <laughs> Always one of perhaps the shock pieces of of news today for for a lot of people um, was that Cardiff are considering Sol Bamba as as Neil Warnock's successor, and you know uh, Glenn Williams and Wales Online broke broke the news that you know he's been helping with the under twenty threes, he's been doing his badges, and and Warnock sees him as as a future manager. Ben, what, what's your initial reaction about this? I think this is a story over nothing. Um... I don't think it's any secret that Solbam has been doing coaching. He's coming to the end of his career. But if you read our exclusive interview with Solbamba um, on View from the Ninian, you will see that he said he wanted to carry on playing until he's 40. I don't think Bamba's going to look to retire anytime soon. Um, I think he's going to keep going. He, I wouldn't surprise me to see him involved in the coaching setup with the new manager. Um, but I don't think he's going to be a contender for the new manager at all. I think... Wales and Line have done the tr- traditional thing of putting two and two together and making five. Um, and yeah, I just don't see it happening. Even if it did, I don't think our board are bold enough to appoint someone like Bamba who's got no experience. Um, the next management jury appointment for Cardiff is massive. Yeah. Uh, the board have got le- not got lucky with Warnock, but they've struck gold with Warnock. Before that, their successful appointments have not really been that great. Um Solskjaer, disaster. Uh, Russell Slade, very controversial. Did all right, but 
not everyone's cup of tea, uh, Paul Trollope under the disaster. Um, yeah, they're going to have to think long and hard about this, and I don't think they're going to be willing to take a gamble on Solvamba. I don't think they'd go for someone like the Cowley brothers that um, Huddersfield appoint, appointed, never mind someone with absolutely no managerial experience. Yeah, Mark, Mark do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I would. I think as much as um, Bamba's got the qualities of a, of, of a good uh, leader and a good manager, I think the, the lack of experience, I don't think we would appoint him straight away. I think he would he would carry on playing and then eventually filter into the coaching and um, managerial staff. But um, yeah, he's got the qualities and, um, and I can see him doing a really good job. But whether that's necessarily with us straight away, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement, Sammy, that he he would make a good manager one day, and his his leadership qualities bear a, a second to none. And you can see why Warnock has has said that he sees a a future manager in him, can't you? Oh, 100 percent. Uh, he knows how to play football. He's intelligent. He's personable. People seem to like him. Every club he's been at, I don't think any member of staff or players have got a bad word to say against him. Um, whenever I've seen him around the stadium, he seems like the most lovely bloke going. Um, I think he's going to do well as a manager at some stage, but I think he wants to play. I don't think the club are ballsy enough to make that appointment. And it's just Wales Online just peddling the usual stuff, um, trying to get clicks on that magic board they've got in their office that shows who's got the most clicks that month. <laughs> I think that's purely all it is. And, you know, we can't read, you know, they talk about him helping out Andy Legg this year with the with the youth team, but surely that's just because he's been injured. You know, he's had the, the time. Has he still been playing this year because he's not been injured? I, I doubt he would be doing that. Would you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got he's to fill his time some way and um, when he's doing his physio and everything like that. Um I can I can only assume it was a, it was a natural thing to do. I mean he's he's picked up a lot of TV work as well. I've noticed that because obviously he's uh, yeah such a nice guy and um, he, he's very knowledgeable and, and gets his points across really well. Um, so it's, it's yeah I, I just think it's just naturally something he was he was doing to fill some time. See I disagree. I think it's something he would he's wanted. I think it's something he's probably been doing before the injury happened. Um, Different players around the club have got different training patterns. Uh, the under-23s aren't training all the time at the same time as the first team are. Um, I think he's been helping out before this happened. I think he'll carry on when he's match fit as well. Um, he need, He's doing his B-Light. He's just completed his B-License, actually, I think. So he needs to get experience on the training pitch. Yeah. True. And then, obviously, he's going for his A-License as well. And you need a stupid amount of hours on the training ground to um, get that as well. So I think this is something that will has been going on before the injury and became a story and will carry on after it. I think Saul's clearly got a passion for it. Warnock likes getting the other players involved. I bet he's not even the only one doing it. I bet there's a few that we wouldn't expect. It wouldn't surprise me to see Peltier doing the odd session or um, other first teamers, Connolly, for instance, yeah. um, who, who I think um, I think his career could be over by the sounds of things and, and if this like, next operation doesn't work. Um, I think they're looking for roles and trying to push on that there's more to football than when you finish playing you can get there's more careers I think players are very much more aware of that now than retiring them wonder what they're going to do players are much more wanting to get their badges done early so they can get into a coaching role and um, I just think that's what it is here 
Yeah, I, I probably tend to agree. And Mark, I mean, for me, if an ex-Cardiff centre-half was going to be our next manager, I think I'd rather Mark Hudson, uh, who's got a bit more experience than, than Sol Bamber. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he didn't get a lot of time with the Huddersfield uh, first team, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, he's definitely sort of going that way. And um, obviously he's a, he's a hero here for, for his... Um, his work and his captaincy. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, we might see uh, Hudson become our manager one day. I'd um, love that to see. I'd absolutely love to see him back at the club. One, he's one of my favourite players. Um, just and Huddersfield seemed to really rate him. Yeah, it's another guy that sort of when he went to Huddersfield straight away was put into that coaching role. Um, and it seems to be paying off. Um, Huddersfield rate him highly. I, d- I think they're keeping him on as a first-team coach again now, even though there's a new manager in place. I think that shows how highly people rate him within the game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, well, I think, you know, like we said, we're all pretty much in agreement that uh, that this probably is, is Wills and I'm putting two and two together and, you know, Bamba won't be Carter's choice for the next manager. If he was, to me... That suggests, or that worries me slightly, as a, a lack of planning from Cardiff. Who, you know, we we we've spoken in the past, and, and Mark, you, me, and uh, Ben James did a podcast on the future of of Cardiff City, and you know, Warnock very much is Cardiff's identity, certainly on the pitch, and you know, the need for that succession planning. And if if Bamba was the choice, Ben, you know, to me that suggests that they've not done that planning. It's kind of just a easy option. It worries me that the planning is not going on now already. Um, in that Wales Line article, they state that the board have made no decision. There's been no discussions on his future, on Warnock's future, if he's going to end the season, who they're going to go for. And that really concerns me. They should be now. I know we're into a very early into this season, but it's that's really concerning. They're going to leave it again to down to the last bit and just go, right, we'll pick up whoever's available. They're not looking at a long-term target and saying, look, what do we want out of this club? What do we want this to be? Who's the best fit to take this squad on and really get the most out of it and continue the work that Warnock's done? Even if they're looking to change the style to a bit more of on the floor, um, they can't do the full change of approach that they tried to troll it. It proved that the club hasn't got the infrastructure to do that at the moment. Um, but if they're not looking and they, it's 90% certain that Warnock's going to go at the end of the season and they're not picking a man, they're not looking at someone saying, at least drawing up a short list of 10 people and saying these are our 10 that we want to look at, then there's serious issues at that board level and that really, really concerns me. Yeah, I agree. I, I would have liked to have seen maybe someone come onto the board in the summer in a football capacity, whether it's director of football or whatever you want to call it, to spend this year working with Warnock. I'm not saying he shouldn't be involved in that process, deciding what the identity of the club is and the direction the club wants to go in and identifying those managers that that, that would fit that model. And it, I read an interesting thing um, when Brighton appointed Graham Potter and their football director, whatever you want to call it, was um, talking about how they've always got this evolving shortlist of talented young managers that they want to keep an eye on, not necessarily because they're not happy with their manager, just so that when something happens, when they do have to make a change, they've got those people ready that they know they want to target. And, you know, it looks like that was a, a good decision with with um, 
Graham Potter, who, who started quite well, and you know that's the type of thing I personally would like to see see from Cardiff. I don't know about you, Mark. Yeah, I mean, uh, it makes sense, doesn't it, to to, to plan plan ahead for any eventuality, and um, it almost makes too much sense for Cardiff, doesn't it? Yeah, it it just feels at the moment like we we're, we're kind of treading water until one up finally does go, um, and it's. Uh, I don't think we can do that if if we're serious about sort of making the next steps to um, eventually stay in in the Premier League and consistently staying in the Premier League. Then we need to we we need to be starting to look at how we do that um, in a playing style. Is, um, do you boys think that Kevin Blackwell's a contender? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, has he? He's obviously done it before. He, he, he's been a manager, but not massively successfully, if I if I remember correctly. I I, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I from it's a continuation point of view. I don't think it'd be a bad idea. Um, I think if you listen, if you listen to Under the Cosh, some people aren't quite so keen on Blackwell. But um, if Cardiff are looking to keep, uh, to a continuation of the line of what we've got going, it's not too much of a drastic change from Blackwell to take a step back from assistant manager to manager. They play a very similar philosophy there. He's in and around the group. It's sort of, I wonder if it's something that he's been told by Warnock, I'll put you forward. Stay, stick with me, I'll put you forward at the end of, end of the season. Yeah, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that because in many ways, he's obviously been a really key part of, of Warnock's success here. But it doesn't show that kind of future planning that we've that we've talked about, Mark. Of you know, it, it's kind of much of the same, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that one. I'm looking at his his record. Did okay at, at Leeds, 44 wins out of 114 games. At Sheffield United, he that long. I didn't realise he was there yeah. that long. And he's at Sheffield United for 125 games, uh, 53 wins. Luton and Bury were his others, 16 wins from 47 at Luton and 13 wins from 57 at Bury. So a real mixed mixed bag and hasn't been a manager since 2013. So it's quite a while, you know, it would be a safe safe decision, but not the right one, I, I don't think. Um, again, again, it feels like you'd be sort of just treading water really and staying at the same same level maybe rather than looking to kick on and and really try and establish ourselves at, at a high level. Yeah, definitely, I, I agree. And we'll go on to some some listener questions now. And the first one is about Warnock. So we, we you know, uh, Football Kings thirteen asks our, our opinions on the rumours about Saul Bamba, and we've we've talked about that. But his second question is: if it was true, who do you think his assistant manager or backroom team would be? I think it would be Kevin Blackwell personally. Yeah, I think if that's the case, I, I can't see too much changes other than Bamba coming to the front. Um, I think you're right, Blackwell, keep Ronnie Jepson's. He'd need staff. those experienced ones there, wouldn't he? To... Yeah, he'd need someone around him that knows what they're on about. You look at what Brian Flynn's done at Newport, I think a lot of that's been because he put Lenny, he got Lenny Lawrence involved. And when you see what they're doing, um, he's constantly asking Lawrence questions on the bench just going, oh, what would you do here? And I think that experience is vital for a young manager and um, I'd imagine you'd do something similar like that. Yeah, maybe even Lenny Lawrence, Mark. Yeah, maybe. Well, I didn't um, want to follow up with him back, did it? Yeah, that's true. 
We've gone to our second question, and we've we've talked about Derby a bit, but Matt Stan asks a question about Tom Lawrence and how does Cardiff stop Tom Lawrence, Ben? I put Russell Slade as his manager. Seemed to work <laughs> quite nicely for us. Um, I think you've got to kick him out of the game a bit. I think it's a couple early little digs, not to get a book in, but... If it's Peltier, just stick Peltier on him and just give him a couple of niggles to cut little on the toes. Let him know you're there. And he seems to lose his head a bit. Um he's very hot headed, he likes getting to, he likes chatting shit. Um and I think it's one of those he's one of those players that you can easily wind up and sort of make him lose his head and get him out of the game. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I used to have a football uh, coach used to talk about players like that and say get kicking on them. And they'd be looking for golf balls because their their head would be down all the time. He's very much one of those players, Mark, isn't he? You know, put a pressure on him, make it hard for him, and he, he kind of drifts out of the game a bit. Yeah, and also he likes to he likes to shot from distance. So if you if you get someone closing him down constantly, then uh, he's not going to be able to uh, get one of those away. Yeah, and to be fair, I think one of those things that we talked a lot about Joe Rawls um, in recent podcasts and how important he's been. One of the things that I've noticed is how good Rawls has been at putting pressure, at, you know, as players are approaching the the box, and something that maybe he's he's lacked, and, and Gunnarsson had to pick up a lot, but he's doing really well, Ben, at putting pressure in that area, getting tackles and blocks in, and you know, he's really impressing going both ways, as, as we've spoken about. Yeah, definitely, it's um, something he's picked up on his game and really improved on, and yeah, I agree with what you said there. You just it's vital to the way we've worked especially since we lost pack on sort of that midfield pressing i think he's picked up from gunnison he's picked it up from arter and i think yeah it's just worked wonders for him and the second part of, of matt's question mark is uh and we've talked about this a little bit we you mentioned bogan but is it time for callum patterson and glatzel to play nine and ten respectively yeah i like them both obviously patterson was a massive part of our um, promotion season playing in that role Number ten. Um, I think my view on Glassell is that unfortunately, so when we signed him, we threw him straight in, and I, I think he did need a bit of time to transition into our our team. And I would have started him from the bench, but now he's in. I I think we've got to we've got to stick with him up top. Um, but I, I I think he needs support. I'd like to see. I would like to see somebody up top with him, but we know Warnock's not going to change from the start of playing playing just one up top. I mean, it might might be good with Patterson. They did seem to link up really well in that. Um, they played they played together, haven't they? And um, they linked yeah, up really well against Luton, wasn't it? I think yeah. In that win, there's a few nice like um, back heels from Glatzel into his path, and they seem to have a, a quite a nice link. Yeah, I agree, and and. and... To answer Matt's question, I think I think definitely it's time for that. I've spoken it about it before and written about it on the site, but I just think playing Patterson at ten takes that aerial pressure off off Glatzel because we do play direct football a lot, and you know with Tomlin there, we're kind of bypassing him and it's going to Glatzel's head. Whereas Patterson, if he can win those flick-ons to link up with Glatzel, I think that'll that'll work quite well. Um, and to finish, Ben, our last question, uh, not related to either the Derby game or Sol Bamba from Nev Jones, is how many goals are we going to beat Swansea by when we when we play them? Hang on, let me get the calculator out. Um, carry the two, divide by 12. Um, 
I've got 46. Nice. Nice. We'll take that mark, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, lads, we'll leave it there. Uh, Cardiff obviously playing tomorrow away at Derby, uh, and we'll be back next week to chat about that game and the future Cardiff City games. So uh, thanks both for joining us. Nice one. Cheers, dude. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The View from the Ninian. We hope you enjoyed that podcast. And if you did, we'd love for you to subscribe, to tell your friend, and to also leave us a rating on the podcast app of your choice. It really helps us grow the podcast and get more Cardiff fans listening to it every week. We're, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so you can find us on there. And also at viewfromtheninian.com, where there's some great content, including... Exclusive interviews this week with Cardiff's very own Sol Bamba and Sky Sports' Jeff Stelling, who was at the Cardiff City Stadium this week. Catch you soon.